everyone, and welcome back to 90 Days on Fire. I'm Reality Squad. I'm joined by Tote the Memes. Hello. And 90 Days of Drama. What's going on? We're really excited to be recording our second set of episodes for everyone. Um, Really quickly, as you may notice, there's been a slight lineup change. Uh, We are going to be your permanent hosts moving forward. Mommy Says Bad Words has uh, decided to leave the podcast for personal reasons. Um, We ask that everyone just respect her privacy, our privacy. Um, We're more than uh, willing and able to answer any questions you may have, but we're just looking forward uh, to the future, to having fun, and to providing you guys really good content. So let's start off with Happily Ever After, season five, episode six, Ultimatums and Ugly Truths. I want to start off with Colt, Debbie, and Jess, America's favorite thruple. (laughs) (laughs) Debbie's sister wife, or Colt's sister wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Drama. What did you think of Colt? describing how loud Jess is during sex to his mother. That was really, I'm going to pretend to be Stephanie here, was really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought America was really uncomfortable with the whole thing. I like like that Debbie looked at him kind of and was like, uh, you know what, I don't need to know that, but okay. She was almost jealous about the whole thing. She was like, oh, I don't need to know that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, this is such, what did she say? I had the ocean to listen to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, so what about this, like feeding each other? They're, it's kind of flirtatious, <laughs> a little incestuous. It makes everyone really uncomfortable. what do you think about that? It is extremely uncomfortable. And the way that it just feel like Debbie gazes into Colt's eyes and they just share these awkward pauses where it's just this romantic. And I'm like, what are we watching? <laughs> like, is this still TLC or am I watching some other show right now? I heard, but... I heard that song come on. You've got that love and feel. <laughs> <laughs> Describes them beautifully. <laughs> It just We're going to have to have a segment called karaoke with drama. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need Soldier Boy's, um, what do you call that, that tune that he puts on that sounds like a robot. Auto-tune. Oh, the auto- auto-tune? <laughs> I just don't yeah. understand why Debbie has this thing out for Jess. Jess, that conversation between them was so weird. Jess just seemed excited and you know willing to give this a try even though she just yelled at the whole day before and then yeah. debbie's there on a mission she's like how can i wreck this new girl's life like jess is like you like sex i like sex and your mom debbie says oh and we're here <laughs> oh. I, I love jess's uh, sound effects and reenactments <laughs> I mean, that is pretty gross just yeah. to think about Debbie's like 600 feet from there with her dirty socks on the bed. Like, you leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Does that not dry you up instantly, though? That's where I was like, all right. Um, you know, we did see at dinner, we know that Jess and Colt both have lost parents, which, which was, you know, touching and, and sad because I don't think we ever got the backstory on Colt's dad before. Um, drama, I know that you were sent in a viewer confession. Yes, it's pretty interesting here. Um, follow viewers' confessions if you haven't already. People send in their confessions and uh, we put them out there for everybody else to talk about it. So our, this viewers' confession here is specifically for um, Colt and Debbie says, I didn't understand Debbie until Colt said his father died of a heart attack. It has to be difficult losing your husband and think someone is going to come in and take your son too. You guys, shouldn't the line be drawn somewhere though? 100%. Um, Fortunately, I have not lost a parent, but so I can't imagine how difficult that is. And I don't know when his father passed away, but if it was in his formative years, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. But um at the end of the day, I think a healthy 
parent-child relationship would be wanting your child to grow up, have their own lives, and you're kind of on the periphery, you know, but it's they're their own person. I agree. I think that Debbie, there has to be a line drawn within the two, and Debbie just needs to let Colt live his life, stop sabotaging his relationships. And he's, he's a man. He needs to have his own family. He needs to love other people. He needs to experience being alone without his mother always, you know, at his tail end. I mean, I feel for Colt at, at, you know, with him saying that he he didn't ask to take care of his mother. It was, it's kind of sad. And I, I understand where he, he's coming from he kind of feels the guilt to always have Debbie there and to take care of her because of and and he feels like it's his responsibility and as a child I would feel the same way I think he's an only child right Uh, yeah I think so yeah but the line has to be drawn somewhere I mean the whole feeding thing was weird and the whole like always talking about sex is weird that might also be TLC's added too (laughs) well I also um think that Debbie is not even really she's directly trying to sabotage his relationships by you know coming in between him and whoever he's with but also indirectly when we know from the first season of 90 Day Fiance she was doing the laundry cooking the food making his bed he is not an independent man he, he, he might be financially independent, but he cannot take care of himself. And that is not an attractive quality to be uh-uh. in any relationship. You guys, but what do you think about Colt finally putting his foot down and telling Debbie or putting Debbie in her place, really, and saying that she's being an asshole the whole time? What do you guys think? I was shocked. I did not expect that at all. When I saw that, I was like, okay, I guess this is a step in the right direction. It's still weird that you guys are feeding each other, but um, (laughs) we'll look at the positives in this. I wonder though, if it's going to make any difference because Debbie still went out there and decided to go tell Jess how she felt and to try and do everything to continue to sabotage that relationship. Right. And that scene with the whole, when Debbie walked out and sat with her and Debbie was kind of like, you know what? I'm the queen here. You listen and you listen double. (laughs) I think the most problematic thing with that scene is they were both wearing sneakers on the beach. (laughs) As someone um, raised in Southern California, that like made me cringe so bad. (laughs) And Jess is from Brazil. (laughs) going to be able to run away from Debbie and Cole. True, I mean, I have sneakers on. <laughs> true. Well, we're going to talk about Larissa a little bit later, but um, we'll, we'll see what uh, continues to play out. I cannot wait for the explosion of Jess, like throwing the shoe at Colt in the hotel room. I hope that comes soon. Oh, yes. <laughs> little so, firecracker. <laughs> Libby and Andre. They seem to be having quite the conflicts in Moldova. (laughs) I wanted to get your guys' take on the whole baptism because I found it strange. Um, You know, not everyone is religious or even familiar with baptisms. But what struck me about this one is that it seemed like Andre didn't really, wasn't really into it. Um, it's kind of seemed like really quick, like a, a Vegas wedding chapel of baptisms type thing. Tote, what, how did you perceive it? I thought it was, a, my biggest thing is that she couldn't understand really what's going on. And I think that really takes away from the whole purpose of this, you know, that it's being baptized into a religion and, you know, so that way her daughter could be baptized. And this is something that's been important to them. But then she just looked extremely uncomfortable, which is understandable. She didn't know what was going on or what the next step was supposed to be. Um, but- she was definitely doing that to to just do it, you know, to just get mm-hmm. it over with. And she's like, I'm just going to have some holy water sprinkled on me and walk she- this in a circle. And Yeah, I found it interesting that in one of the side interviews, she said, I'm getting baptized into Andre's religion. <laughs> like she had no idea what his religion was like it's christian yeah. orthodox yeah <laughs> it just seemed very 
we got my daughter baptized and, you know, we had like a little reception after we had like, you know, my grandparents were there, my aunt, my uncle, uh, my husband's mom was there. It was, it's definitely typically, I feel like a familial thing where you, Mm -hmm. where you kind of have friends and family. And And it's more, and it's more intimate, uh, you know, it should have been a more intimate um, Mm -hmm. ceremony, right? Yeah, I just, I found it uh, very interesting that the, the parents weren't there. Eleanor wasn't there. Um, I don't know if that was because maybe she was being fussy or something, but it was literally, it was literally just the brother and Mm sister-in-law. And something else I wanted to speak on, um, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't Andre's brother speak English? Was that his brother that was there? That's his brother. I I thought that was his brother. Or is it his Mm. best friend? Oh, I don't know. Because I found it when they go to dinner afterwards and he's having to translate for Libby. That's true. I was wondering, I was like, don't they speak English? But um, I don't know. So maybe it wasn't his brother. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we see in Moldova, Andre is being exceptionally chauvinistic. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually have a screenshot of something he said at the dinner. He said, I have to tell you everything, what you have to do in your life. (laughs) It was unbelievable. I like that that all of his friends were roasting him. Everybody was like, what are you doing, Andre? Like, why are you being like this? You know, it wasn't like they were, anybody was falling into him being an asshole. Like it was just an odd occurrence. And I don't know if maybe, I guess, using Chuck's money and not being a real man to support his family is actually somehow getting into his head. And so he just try, has to try and come to Moldova and be like, I'm the man because he knows how that check is going to be like, no, you're not. I support you guys. I'm the breadwinner in the family. It I wonder is, if that's, it's still annoying. Like I get so, so mad. It is so annoying because you get to see in Libby's face and she's just like, oh my God, here you go again. She's always rolling her eyes. Right. And he's, yeah, he did say, I always have to tell you everything, what to do your whole life. And she's just like, what are you talking about? And he just blurts out these comments that makes no sense at all. But typical Andre. <laughs> why, why is it that she pronounces his name like that, but you don't hear his friends or anybody else say it like that? We'll get into this in the other way, but I, it's she, she talks, you know, she doesn't pronounce anything else, you know, accurately or how you would if you were (laughs) a native Moldovan except for his name um people have the same criticism with Tim of Tim and Melissa because he says Melissa and then he says Colombia (laughs) (laughs) and he has this southern country bumpkin type accent so it just really it's like an overcompensation for pronunciation it's really funny I like getting back to Andre. I like that his uh, his dad's so sweet, and the whole time they're talking about the 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 place, and and they're both arguing. You can see Andre's dad in the back waving a toy, and Eleanor just trying to calm her down and and put her to sleep. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> it it lots of people have been talking online. How did these two sweet people raise Andre? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh how God. did that happen? <laughs> I mean, on the, the scene where they take Eleanor to the park and, it, you know, you could tell that it's a really old, rusted out park. And, and Libby is kind of just like, I don't know, the germs here are, uh, are yeah, I'm worried about the germs here. And... Um, Andre's mom was covering almost, you know, making excuses for Andre, right? I found that kind of interesting. But so even though Andre is this typical chauvinistic Moldovian male, his mom kind of makes excuses for him that it's more or less okay that he's acting that way. Because I cannot believe that Andre's father acts that way towards his yeah. mother. That, that it, I just would not believe that. Maybe on the screen, he's like, hi, how are you? Yeah. And then back backstage, he's like, you'll get over here now. 
speaking of the park, I found this so hysterical. So they go to the park and Libby's like, this park's really old. I think it was built when Andre was born. Andre's 33. 33 yeah. makes a really old park. What? Right. That's interesting too. I mean, I know she's from Florida, but have you ever been to anywhere in the United States, like New York, where there or Boston, or where there's like right? really old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a viewer's confession sentence. Pretty interesting here. Um, I think we could all agree with this one. It states, "Libby is the true divide between Andre and her family. She constantly pins each person against one another by talking about them behind their backs." So then that makes the other person feel justified. She talks badly about her family to Andre, vice versa, then wonders why they don't all get along. I mean, what the hell? You don't talk bad about your spouse to your family, period. I mean, that's just my personal take on it because you're going to make up, but they're not going to forget what just happened. Same thing that goes with them with Larissa and Carmen. I actually, uh, learn this lesson the hard way. I think everybody uh, in relationships will learn. You really have to be measured in what you disclose as far as dirty laundry in your Mm -hmm. relationship because, right, you might forgive and forget, but your family, your friends don't. I, I dated someone when I was living in New York that I was constantly it was just a terrible relationship. And I was constantly confiding in my friends about how unhappy I was. But then uh, one year I was there and it was Thanksgiving and I couldn't go home for Thanksgiving. So we were doing like a Friendsgiving and I wanted to bring my boyfriend and my friends were like, we don't want him here. Mm-hmm. And I got really upset, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, can you blame them? <laughs> because right. all you ever do is talk about how miserable you are. It's just a toxic relationship between Andre and Andre's Andre and Libby's family. It's 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 not a good start. Even even before Libby's family getting to Moldova, he's already talking. He's already preparing his family to be ready for the American BS, you know, coming over. So uh, right away off the bat, his parents are already having, or his mom at least, is already having this opinion about Libby's family, and it's already negative. So where is it going to go from there? I think too it's you know it's just it baffles me that Libby acts like she has no idea why her family hates him so much and it's like it's <laughs> all you do exactly what we're saying is just say all these negative things how could you ever expect them to like him plus what they see is just him asking for money so it's he doesn't even have any sort of oh my God. redeeming quality you know for I, them to like I was re-watching a clip where it was after uh, Libby's father had said, yeah, I'm going to pay for the wedding. And, and she goes home and tells Andre and he, he goes, great. What's the budget? Mm-hmm. That's that so entitled. Oh my well, God. Yeah. Well, during the, um, during the, the venue search for their wedding, she also asked them, well, how much is it going to be? And Andre was kind of like, well, it doesn't matter. Your father's paying for it. To- what did you think about uh, a lot of people online have been talking about how horrible of a translator Andre is that especially in the scene with the sister-in-law where she when they're at dinner after the baptism and mm-hmm. the sister-in-law is saying that the woman is the neck the man is the head and she directs the man where to go and what Andre put it like the the man is the head the woman is the neck and the man tells the woman where to go like it was the opposite of what <laughs> she said, said. I'm sorry, Tote. He said yeah. he said that the man is the brain, the woman is the neck, and the brain tells the neck where to Yes, go. yes. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and this isn't the first time that he's totally messed up mm-hmm. translating for Libby. So what did what did you think about that? I think it's unbelievable and it just speaks to his ego. He's such a huge ego that he's like, I'm gonna control every conversation. So it's not enough that He's controlling already in his own life in Florida, but he just wants to control how she perceives things, how she's, you know, whenever he translates for her, how he wants people to see her. And I think it's messed up that he can't even respect her enough to do it honestly. Like, just be a real translator. You know, we, first of all, you're on a TV show. We're all going to find out if you're translating correctly or not. So it just makes him look like a bigger jerk than he already is, which is incredible. But I don't understand. Finish your thoughts. Did you finish your thoughts? Finish your thoughts. Okay. Shut up. 
he also like laments the fact that he has to translate like at dinner he was like oh my god all i all i do i'm just a i'm just a translator well yeah because and actually i give libby credit she actually can say some stuff in it's romanian right that they speak there Mm -hmm. i think Mm yeah um so she can she actually has put in more of an effort than let's say pole (laughs) into (laughs) i mean i I found it funny what andre is like i have a lot of patience with you libby yeah (laughs) i'm just like what are you talking about (laughs) she's just like another mistranslation i have have a lot of patience with you what did she say in one of their interviews she's like excuse me did you just say sorry (laughs) (laughs) that head turn like yeah yeah neck around (laughs) I felt really bad for Libby. I I could never be married to Andre. See, I I don't feel bad for Libby because she she's done this to herself. I think that she she's the baby of the family, right? She's the youngest. I think so. Um, you know, I I only have a brother, but as I I was always kind of carried along further than my brother it was more expected that he would kind of strike out on his own a little bit more so I have to believe that in a family as large as hers she was definitely always coddled and taken care of mm-hmm. I think that sh- by her talking poorly about Andre to her family and then talking poorly about her family to Andre she has set this up I and agree. she re- you know yeah I agree I agree and I- the the other point that I it bothered me about Elizabeth a lot is during their wedding venue search, she portrayed her family to be so upscale, so bougie, so you know, and it it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And after that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, Elizabeth, like you're you're such a little entitled biatch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I found it funny because. Um... It's the, the I feel like the whole point was to have an authentic Moldovan wedding for mm-hmm. his family. This is for his family who weren't there for the birth of their granddaughter, mm-hmm. who weren't there for their wedding. Um, this is supposed to be something for them. And she's worried about having cheeseburgers and fried chicken, <laughs> which I don't, last time I checked, I don't know if that's authentic Moldovan cuisine or not, but I don't think so. <laughs> oh my God. Do you remember when she, they brought out that plate and she was like, mm, this tastes really good. It's really delicious. What is it? And he's like, it's the back of the head of the pork. And she's like, um, yeah, yummy. Someone, someone made a good point online. They were like, if people knew what went into hot dogs. Mm. <laughs> I don't eat hot dogs. <laughs> Oh, hot dogs are delicious. At least not the 100% beef. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those ones I'll eat. The Hebrew National, you know, it's like, it's legit. You can trust it. (laughs) Costco hot dogs. Yeah. The scene scene where they're out eating and and, um, be a hard time for not wearing cross. (laughs) What do you guys think about that? She's like, I didn't know. Yeah. She's like, I didn't know. Nobody told me. That just goes to show you how, you know, she just didn't take it seriously at all. And she was just like, all right, now that it's over with, let me take this off. Goodbye. <laughs> well, we'll see um, what happens with uh, family Libby in Moldova. We know that we got that uh, big dinner fight coming up, which I cannot <laughs> wait for. Should rival the family Chantel. That and I'm also excited about the little bit of, you know, hinting that they're giving at about his Andre's troubled past. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's some rumors going around about an ex-girlfriend that he had and, you know, she was murdered and just fingers (gasps) pointed against all kinds. Have you guys seen that? No. There are some articles about this. Yeah, that's why he, you know, left to Ireland and ultimately really wanted to come to the U.S. But they're all rumors. None of this has ever been corroborated or proven or anything but just more interesting crazy theories so i'm excited to see how that scene goes 
That just goes back to our first episode where we spoke about the Moldovian culture and gender roles and how there are a, a huge amount of domestic violence in, mm-hmm. in that country and that it's often unreported. So it's a little scary that you're mentioning that, you know, it doesn't yeah. seem like it could be too far off, but I'm not going to make any judgments <laughs> at yeah. all. We'll, we'll see what comes out. Speaking of... Um at least verbal abuse. Shall we talk about Angela and Michael? <laughs> oh, God. Somebody, you know what? Uh, 90 Day Fuckery made a meme. I don't know. I reposted it. I love their page, by the way. They made a meme of Ange- Angela um, having meme vision, and those women's were targets. And it said, <laughs> cigarettes remaining, 14. <laughs> that was hilarious. To- what, like... She just walked in, walked out, and then flipped the fuck out. What Let did me you- tell you. So since my page, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but I have a picture of Angela saying, I'm going to tote an egg or, you know, that quote. Uh, I got a couple DMs telling me, Angela, you need to calm down and you're being so aggressive. And why are you so insecure? And I was like, uh, ma'am, this is a meme page. Please uh, direct your comments <laughs> elsewhere. But I think that it was... It was just bizarre that she wouldn't even give it a second. She just got up and freaked out. But then there's part of me that thinks, you know what? Michael did say, hey, I had these guy friends, you know, that I was talking to and whatnot. And, you know, and then she shows up and it's just these three beautiful women who are much more age appropriate for Michael. And, you know, and so I guess that, you know, maybe that did trigger an insecurity. Did she handle it? Well, no. But, you know, I guess a little bit of me can kind of understand that. And she's dealing a lot with, her mom, you know, her mom being sick and her leaving on this trip. And, you know, I, I that can't excuse all of her verbal abuse, but I wonder if that maybe is part of just her always on edge and losing her mind. But mm. she was like that in earlier seasons. What do you guys think? Oh, I found it interesting. I actually commented on a Facebook group that with the first couple episodes of this season, you know, when we see her mom um, being so sick, we see her, her being such a loving, doting grandmother mm-hmm. and coming off the heels of baby girl, Lisa, we almost, at least for me, I did forget some mm-hmm. of her past bad behavior. The fact that at one of the tell-alls, she is accused of a, a hitting Avery's mom from mm-hmm. Avery and Omar. Oh, yeah. And remember when she walked out of that tell-all with like all the snacks, <laughs> she like stole the <laughs> snacks. But um, I think we forgot that this is really how Angela is. And, you know, I think one of the things that probably triggered her is that these are three American women mm-hmm. that could potentially offer Michael all of the things that he's looking mm-hmm. for with her. Um, they could toast I, the eggs, that's for sure. yes they're they're more likely fertile than she is (laughs) I just found it really interesting when Michael and Angela walked into the venue where he was supposed to meet his friend Dawa and the three women were sitting there and TLC had them facing the other way and not um you know towards the entrance so Angela couldn't see who who the who these women were so as soon as she approached them and you could tell by the back of her head like she she wasn't expecting it she turned around and she was like Michael's like that these are uh, our friends and she looked at them you could you could tell that her stress level was up high and she was like wait a minute these are young toting eggs sitting here right in front of me and I, I gotta I gotta go I gotta go I can't be I can't be here with Michael seeing them and a part of me feel felt for her because you don't want these beautiful single young women sitting here across from your man, not just one, but times three. Yeah, I felt I would I would feel a little jelly too, I guess. Absolutely. I also uh part of me subscribes to the conspiracy theory that these could be production assistants. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Where on earth did Michael find? these expat friends <laughs> i mean he so he has two sets of friends right to the goofballs and then these expats <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all no, no. i just um they're probably not but if they turn out to be i broke the story first 
<laughs> but there was no background to them. That's where it was like, where did they come from? One thing well, too that I kind of like people bringing up, they're like, okay, is there not an entire production crew that are Americans that could witness the wedding that they're about to have? Like, why did we need to find some random lady? And why um, did Lisa not have this issue in Nigeria? Is mm. it, I mean, is it like a city to city thing? But it, it just seems like, why is this such a critical part of their storyline when there is so much other drama going on? Um, what did you guys think about the phone call that Skyla, that she took, where Skyla was calling to say that uh, her mom was not doing well? My heart broke, to be honest. That was so hard for me. You know, and I have a parent that's sick. And so to, and I fear that every day, I think, you know, you know, every day it's like, what if today is a day that, you know, my mom just isn't well and it's, it's so hard. And I'm like, I just want to be able to watch a show that's funny and make me not think about, you know, real life or real difficult situations. But, you know, I think it's hard to dementia is such a difficult disease to, you know, have a loved one where you had all these memories, but now they're forgetting things. And I, you know, that's why maybe it's wrong. I don't know if it's not, but I just think I excuse now a little bit of Angela's behavior because I feel like that must be really difficult to go through how much she does I think it is over the edge but that just I don't know it breaks my heart to hear that I think it doesn't matter what age you are if you lose a parent that's just an unimaginable pain especially if it's a parent that you're close with and you live with and she sees her every day and she cares for her and that's what connected most of us to Angela because of her caring nature for her family. You can tell that she's very family oriented, family first. There's no way in hell she's moving to Nigeria to be with Michael. And when he's, when he suggested that, I was like, you are dumb for real. Like she, she has six grandkids relying on her. That was the dumbest suggestion I ever heard. Or maybe it could be the smartest because he doesn't want to go over there and take care of six grandkids. But do you guys remember how good he was with his nieces and nephews? There was like a whole like school classroom full of kids that came mm -hmm. over that one day. And he, it was like Uncle Michael. And everyone was so happy to see him. Taking, I guess, going to visit your nieces True. and nephews, totally True. different from having to live with six kids. I just, I, I did feel for her too, Toe, in the sense that she had to make this very difficult decision to go to Nigeria with her mother mm -hmm. being so sick in the back of her mind. And she even said to the camera before she left, this could be the last time I see my mom, mm -hmm. but to actually get that phone call when you're thousands of miles away, mm -hmm. how powerless she must've felt. And I don't know if this was, you know, uh, an authentic, this is a when the phone call came in but to be in an argument and to already be upset and then to get mm -hmm. this it's like i i did feel for her there absolutely i think life hits you know like it's not just one thing at a time i think life hits you with a thousand things at once and so that's why i'm like it probably was in the middle of her having this insecure meltdown yet verbally abusive moment with michael that that call came in and then mm -hmm. it disconnected. So that was kind of weird. It was like, oh, okay, why did Skyla have to go so quick? Yeah, you could see Angela getting in the car, obviously screaming her, her head off at Michael, right? And getting in the car, steaming, her earring falls off. She's just waving her head back and forth so violently. Her earring falls off. She gets this phone call and all of a sudden, boom, what a change in just a change in her emotions period and she just forgot about her argument with Michael and you could tell Angela's the type of person that wants to drag this out she's Mrs. I'm done when she got out of the car and she had her cigarette break it was a total different Angela you could tell that she was devastated getting that phone call she didn't know what to think she's so far away it's not like she can be there to to see her mom one last time if it is you know her last time seeing her mother so what a change in Angela when it comes down to family Definitely. Um, I think one of the other things I found interesting too is I think part of what made her so upset is that these were three Americans giving Michael advice on how life in America was going to be. Mm -hmm. Because I remember her mentioning like, how are they going to tell you how my house is? I run my house. And uh, I think that also triggered her because 
she doesn't want anyone telling Michael any kind of or painting a picture of America that she has not painted for him. And I found that very interesting too. So drama, you said that you got a viewer confession from, for, for Angie. Yes, I do. Viewers confession follow if you haven't. (laughs) I'm like David here. What the cameo? Viewer confessions. Good for any, any reason. (laughs) All right. This viewer confession states, is anyone else tired of Angela saying there's not going to be a marriage? Let's face it. She must have not had many choices if she had to go to Africa to seek a man. Is that true? Um, you know, it's interesting for me because uh, did they meet on an international dating website or did they meet on like Facebook? I forget how they met, but it has to be one or the other. I think that she was probably looking for a younger man. Michael's not a bad looking guy. He's a good looking guy. Um, The other thing that's so bizarre is he seems to be really in love with her. When he pulled out those suits. Oh, yeah. The excitement on his face. I think we could all tell with um, Usman that. And he even mentioned multiple times that his he wanted to come to America and be a, a music star. I think mm-hmm. Michael really loves Angie, and it's it's hard to reconcile. Um, <laughs> I think that Angie probably could not have gotten a younger, hot thing in the States. Um, I think also, for Angie, she has to have leverage. And leverage for her mm. is citizenship. So mm-hmm. it kind of uh, indebts Michael to her in a way. And I think that she needs that in the relationship. Good point. Yeah. So I made a post and it was Michael being all excited about, you know, marrying Angela. So I thought, but a lot of people pointed out, no, he was excited about those two suits. And it's true because he even brought up to her, and he was like, I haven't worn a suit in like five years. And I was like, That's a, it's a little concerning that you are so excited about this purple metallic-y looking suit. <laughs> Can we talk about And a, and a white suit. <laughs> a uh, purple suit and a white suit. <laughs> you know, I just think maybe because I'm American, but it just, it's a little interesting, the color choices. I think, you know, navy blue looks nice or so my- I have a bland personality and that's why I like bland colors but I don't know for for our wedding my husband insisted on the classic black tux my uh here's my um co-host confession for you drama (laughs) um my dad wore a white tux with tails at my parents Mm -hmm. wedding so no shade to Michael there and my brother wore a white tux to prom (laughs) oh my gosh so you know, I, um, it's a vibe for some people. <laughs> agree, agree. I think that Angie comes to America and she brings a whole bunch of trinkets and clothes for Michael. So every time Angie comes off that airplane, Michael's like, it's Christmas. <laughs> My gifts are coming. And he looks forward to all these little gifts she brings him, which is really sweet because everything that she's given him, Trump underwear, he's just <laughs> so ecstatic about everything. I wanted him to see his like Burger King crown that he was going to wear for the wedding. Oh yeah. They didn't show that. (laughs) I cannot, I cannot. The, the Royal family of Nigeria, Angela Mm. and Michael. (laughs) Well, we will see what happens with them. They obviously are good fodder for memes on TV. Mm -hmm. So Someone else who is really good fodder for memes is Larissa. She is the meme gift that keeps on giving. So she gets back together with Erica. We're er- with Erica. With Eric. <laughs> she wishes. My best. Yeah. She should be so lucky. <laughs> Drama. What did you think about them getting back together? Wow. I just feel like Larissa is super codependent. She has to have somebody in her life. And I get it. You don't want to be single forever. You need somebody to love, somebody to call you, somebody you you text and 
whatnot and have Netflix night with. So, I mean, I understand where she's coming from, but she's super codependent. She always has to have somebody in her life. Girl, you are okay on your own. It's okay to be single. That's what I think. Tote. Um, I also found it really interesting as I was sitting there watching Carmen and her have a conversation. You know, a lot of people have been critical of Larissa for getting all kinds of plastic surgery and we're wondering, is she sending money home to her kids? Do you think she's paying rent? No. I really think that Carmen, just out of the love of her heart, and maybe this is a cultural thing, you know, when you have friends that you know are in need, you genuinely just help them with everything that you can. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's a slap in the face that Carmen, you know, is just doing everything she can to protect Larissa and be there for Larissa and build her up from, you know, living with Debbie and Colt and uh, just that whole toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, hey, by the way, I'm back with Eric, even though he almost deported me. <laughs> and she's like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I think that that's really rough. I like Carmen. I think mm-hmm. everybody needs a friend like Carmen. Carmen, be my friend. <laughs> I, I totally agree. But I also thought, and maybe we obviously haven't seen everything, but was Eric a toxic person or did they just not work out? I thought personally for me, I thought Carmen was being a little harsh by kicking Larissa out. I mean, it is her house. She can do whatever she wants, Mm -hmm. but I mean, was their relationship really that bad where you have to draw that line in the sand? I think it goes to the point where you keep your relationship separate and you don't spill all the beans to your friends, your family. I think that that's the reason why Larissa said too much about Eric too fast, too soon. And Carmen stepped in and said, no more Eric. I'm sure she made a promise and here Eric is back. I did think it was odd though, that we saw interviews of Larissa repeatedly bringing up the fact that Eric really helped her and Eric was there for all of her meetings. And he was there to, you know, work through all the domestic violence situations and then all of a sudden he's a toxic person because she thought that he was giving out her number you know like when they were having a rift you know in the relationship and I feel like being in a relationship with Larissa there's many rifts but she just thought that it was Eric that was handing out her number to everyone but that just seems to remain a mystery even still I guess I don't see why Carmen brought up the deportation aspect but maybe there's things that we don't know so um one of the things i wanted to uh, get your guys's opinion on is maybe it's not the guys that are the issue for carmen maybe it's the way larissa acts in relationships and because carmen did make that uh, mention of deportation you know larissa did file that police report against eric for mm-hmm. women calling her cheesy but um Do you think that possibly Carmen's just like, I don't want to deal with Larissa as a roommate if she's in a relationship? I think Carmen is, like she says, you know, um, Carmen is a mother figure to Larissa. So her guiding Larissa and telling her what to do, what not to do is part of her job as being a friend, right? I mean, especially if Larissa has confided in her about her issues with Eric. If my sister told me she had to file a police report against a guy and now she's like, I'm back with him, he, 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 I'd be like the same way. Mm-hmm. Tough love, tough love, it works. Where will Larissa live? She goes At outside Eric. and sits on the front, just like, <laughs> fuck my life. Oh man. I remember we saw that seat or the preview and it's been showing us for, you know, since before the season even aired where Eric is like, where is your mind at girl? And it's just the really cringe argument between them. I'm guessing she goes to live at his house and we get to see all the cringe and it's glory. So excited. Uh, he Doesn't he? Oh, totally. Doesn't he sleep on an air mattress? <laughs> it's some Lita vibes where she was oh, like, she's like, what the hell is this? Couch? <laughs> this is not proper. well so drama you had a viewer confession for eric okay i have a viewer's confession here it states eric is only with larissa to be on tv Ooh, that doesn't seem too far-fetched that's a hundred percent (laughs) accurate being that he's in the top 10 percent of creators on OnlyFans now check check him out eric (laughs) 
king size pillow. I don't know. Their relationship, their relationship is. I don't uh, get romantic vibes between them at all, at all. I think it's funny that he mentioned, oh, Larissa and I used to have a lot of sex in the bedroom and then it just stopped. I'd rather picture Colt and Larissa having sex than Eric and Larissa having sex. And I think that says everything. Cool. <laughs> How about neither? <laughs> people yeah. are, people are going to rip me for that. <laughs> gross. That's okay though. <laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> it seems that Larissa's friends are not truly her friends because Hannah is on Instagram where she promotes this marketing page. And that marketing page says, get promoted, have bigger an audience or whatever it is. But it just seems so odd that none of her friends are truly her friends. Same with Heather. Even though Heather will sometimes defend her, it just they were tagged in this page where it talks about being marketed and we can get you on a TV show. And they said, look at our last couple clients. They were on 90 Day Fiance. So I wonder if Eric, I know that they met on Tinder, but I wonder if Eric is just on that same path that there's no one in Larissa's life that I think, is her. I think Larissa just wants bigger boobs from Eric. She's like, let's just <laughs> get uh, boobs from him. I'll be done. Well, we will see how much money he lets flow. Um, boobs over beds, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's quickly just wrap up a little bit with Asuelu and his conversation with Lo, Kalani's father, on the bridge. Um, we're really all really glad that Lo didn't throw him off. So that was that was good. Are we but are we, <laughs> he could have he could have used a little bit of a swim, I think. <laughs> what what does everyone feel like? How did the conversation go? What were your thoughts? I was when Lo came in the room, I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go walk the dog. And Asuelu was like, we've never, we never go walk the dog. So I don't know what's going to happen. So he, he goes over there, they walk towards his bridge and everybody's mind right away goes to, he's going to toss your ass over. And he looked terrified. The look on his oh eyes was God, like, yeah. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to say whatever I can do to just get out of this situation. <laughs> I, I was surprised with how honest Asuelu was with, you know, he owned up to, for as much as he's capable of owning up to what the conversation was in the car. I was impressed that Lowe, for all these uh, notions of Samoan men talk with their hands, I'm, I'm glad that it was a pretty chill conversation, in my opinion. What do you think, Tote? I had a lot of respect for Lo. I think that that must have taken a lot from him to realize, okay, what is the greater good for my family? And the greater good is that I get Oswell in a shape. Apparently my daughter, you know, not only had one kid with him, had another. So I guess she's committed to this for whatever reason. And I really like that he approached it from, let me just try and whip this kid back into shape. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And Lo just looks intimidating, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was a guy and I had him as my father-in-law, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want all my Act shit right. together. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. I also, you know, moral of the story with these two is I don't get it. I don't get the relationship at all. I don't. I don't know if ever there was like a super romantic connection between them, but he seems to really dislike her now. He seems really depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, The scene, their scene opens with him sitting at the table saying, nobody talks to me because I don't want to talk to anyone. So it it almost seems like maybe he's getting the cold shoulder from the Mm -hmm. family. I, I just, don't get it. <laughs> I yeah, I, I felt I feel bad for him, and it goes with coming into a new country with no family support, no friends, no you know you you do feel lonely. I I know I moved from East Coast over to California, brand new, and I didn't have any friends here, so it definitely could relate to the way that he's feeling. Also, culture shock between American culture and and Samoan culture, and I found it interesting that. That not interesting, but I mean, it should be that this way. But Lo felt for him because he knows, like he said, Asuelo's lucky I know exactly what his mentality is and how people think in the South Pacific. 
Asuela to me comes off like a child. Mm-hmm. The, the way he talks, the way he argues. He mm-hmm. also seems to be so disinterested in his children. I've never seen him be super yeah. affectionate or paternal towards them. And Yeah, he never wanted them. It almost seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't use condoms. So obviously, uh, he probably didn't even know how the women body works, <laughs> you know. So. Oh, <laughs> He wasn't ready to be a father. He wasn't ready to be a husband. He's young. He's too young. He's got a lot of work to do, a lot of growing up to do. Grow the fuck up, please. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I can, if these two make it, I will be very shocked. I'll be less shocked if Kalani announces that she's pregnant with a third child. Oh, God. (laughs) I like Kalani. I think that she's, a I feel strong bad. woman. I feel bad for her too. I feel so bad for her. Um, I cannot imagine just the scene of her with a crying baby on one side of her, breastfeeding the other, <sighs> and Asuelu just picking at her. Mm-hmm. I wanted to claw his eyes out in that moment. <laughs> oh, she's so sweet. I think that she's just loving. She's got a definitely very nurturing side to her. And she's very family oriented. I mean, she might just be afraid to, everybody is, everybody would, should be if they're married with two kids that her family's, her marriage is not going to work out. Her marriage is going to fail. And so maybe she's not even thinking about that. She's just trying to navigate and work through what's going on in her husband's mind at 20 something years old, 24 years old. Yeah. I have never seen a more satisfied grin than that of Colini. (laughs) Just seeing that she must be popping popcorn and pouring a glass of wine every uh, Sunday just to watch America come to the realization that she's been trying to tell us for a couple years now. (laughs) So I think we'll save um, our social media tea uh, for the other way. We have uh, Erica to talk about and Brittany and Yazan. Ladies, is there anything else you wanted to talk about in this episode? I think we covered most of it. And if we haven't, I'm sure we'll know. People will let us know. <laughs> Y'all will definitely let us know. Um, on that same note, we have been getting so much positive feedback and constructive criticism. And I know for myself, I really appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. So keep it, keep it coming, guys. Thank you. Yes, we are learning as we go and we're trying our best to bring you the best quality content and quality and content there is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, from myself, Reality Squad, my girl, 90 Days of Drama. See you later. And tote the memes. Thanks for joining in. All right, we'll catch you in the next episode. So stay tuned. Also, check us out on Instagram. We are uh, at 90 Days on Fire podcast. From there, you can uh, follow us all individually. We will be getting our Twitter more active. We're going to be starting a Facebook chat group so we can chat about the episodes. And just stay tuned because there's a lot more stuff is coming. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.